Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 236, founder of The Right Brain Workout, Alex Waddleton shares why creativity is now more important than ever. We discuss the importance of following a path that feels meaningful and how to foster and improve creative techniques. Alex shares some of his creative highlights and reveals how connectedness was critical to these accomplishments. This is Alex's version of Be The Drop. Are you starting a podcast? Narrative Marketing delivers a full range of podcast production and training options. Visit narrativemarketing.com.au or hit the link in the show notes for more details. This episode was recorded in conjunction with PauseFest 2021, Australia's leading digital startup and innovation conference. Head to pausefest.com.au for more info. Alex, thank you so much for joining me for our next episode of Be The Drop. No worries. Thanks for having me on. We're in the lead up to Pause Festival and you will be hitting the virtual stage and talking about the space for creativity in today's world. But before we dive into that, I wondered if you could set the scene and start us with a bit of a moment around why creativity and where this has come about as a focus for you. Well, I guess I've always been a kind of working in the creative field from an advertising background, you know, selling products and trying to win awards. And then I kind of just got to a point where I thought maybe there's a bit more to it. And so I was sitting in a briefing in an advertising agency like a few years ago, probably five or six years ago. And it was, it was a briefing for a sports betting company. And already I was be like, oh, I'm not sure if I really want to do this. But then I was like, oh, well, there's nothing that wrong with sports gambling. If you keep it under control, maybe I shouldn't be so hardline. So I went into the briefing um, and they talked about what the unique selling proposition is, which is what they talk about in advertising. That's what's the one thing you want to get out of this communication when you see the ad. And the brief was, it's better to bet and lose than to not bet at all. And I was like, oh, that's really, really awful and evil. <laughs> I don't think I can work on this. And everyone in the room was like, what do you mean? What's wrong with that? So that was the thing when that happened, I was kind of like, I think I can use my creativity beyond selling things. Maybe I can do something that leave a lasting impression on the world. And you know, when you have kids as well, you want to leave a positive influence. And so that's why I've started doing all sorts of social good things. So when I'm going to be at Pause Fest, I'm going to be talking about how you can use your creativity to change the world for the better. And what a fabulous concept, you know, use your creativity to change the world for the better. It, it aligns strongly with me, except for my line is slightly different, but that storytelling can change the world for the better and storytelling is a a form of creativity well it's got that heart in it isn't it because so often we're stuck up in our brains we need to get connect with the heart the ironic thing of course that i've done the right brain workout which is about the head but it's also about when you unlock the creative side of your, your your mind you unlock your heart and your soul and this thing this connection and doing things that haven't been done before and there's something really beautiful and freeing about creativity that i think we we all need to encourage particularly with you know having young kids and you see you see reports on future job markets and how robots and AI are coming for all the jobs. And if you're not creative, you're not going to have anything to do. So you need to be creative. And it's also, I mean, you know, like hopefully all your listeners know, being creative is fun. Like you get to think of dumb stuff that no one's ever thought of before. That's pretty cool, I reckon. Yeah. So I, I love that story as an introduction. But, you know, why are we at this point where you think that's so important? Well, I think when you just watch the news and it's so depressing and it feels like it's an 
avalanche that can never be stopped. But I feel like now today, like particularly with the internet and stuff, you can use your creativity to help fix those things you see on the news that really depress you, which it wouldn't have done 10 years ago. It wouldn't have done that five years ago. Now, days we can connect with people all around the country, all around the world, and, and lock forces together to do something that's good for the world. And that's what I've been able to do the last few years, just been amazing. The amount of people I've worked with that I hardly know, but we just have a common passion for something that's good. Like, because, you know, you don't want to go to a, if, when you can go to a dinner party, <laughs> you don't want to sort of say, what do you do for a living? And you're not really proud of what you say. But when you can say, oh, I did this, I did this. And, and they, they might say, oh, I saw that. That was brilliant. And like, it makes you feel good. It makes other people feel good. And particularly if you're doing something that's, you know, for a charity or for a social you know, enterprise or something, it's also that added benefit is that, you know, it's impacting people in a positive way that you will never, ever meet. And that's got to be good vibes to be putting out into the universe to, to, to offset all the bad stuff that's being put into the world by the big companies and by politicians and all that crazy stuff. Let's put a bit of joy back into the world. And I, I noted as we were just setting up, we're, we're doing this interview via Zoom. So I can actually see you whilst listeners who hear this episode won't get to. But uh, Alex came on and I said, oh, is that a homie T-shirt? Because you've got the brand that I recognise and, and homie is a brand that, that I support and have purchased from. That's the awareness that we're looking for. For. that's the change and the value and what you're saying you want to feel comfortable and proud of what you're doing and and I think homie is a great example and you and you mentioned a story there I'd love you to share us the story about your involvement with homie yeah sure man so I did this you know afters Australian film and television radio school I was invited to be like a, one of the the guest speakers on this panel of writers and they want they had like an they had like comedy writers drama writers poet this guy who was the managing editor of the project tom witty was also up there and me the advertising guy so i was like i'm the ad guy that doesn't really the ad writer does that really count as writing i'm not sure and we had to do this little thing like a two minute like a video before you go on stage and i had my thing with all my ads and stuff and then tom got up and he was the managing editor of the project and he had written all of wale dali's opinion pieces and they were all like amazing i was just sitting there almost like shrinking in my chair going this guy's the guy who's got plastic bags banned he's the guy who got the one dollar milk off the shelves this guy's incredible oh my god what am i doing but some Somehow we, we really hit it off and we just started to become mates. And then like a few months later, he calls me up and says, hey, my mate, Tommy Little, he, he wants to do something for this social enterprise brand called Homie who donates all their profits to um, helping youths going through homelessness. And he's like, there's no money in it. I'm like, I don't care. That sounds like fun. So we went down and, and went to the, the Rose in Fitzroy and had a few beers and I came up with this idea together with the guys called um, Be A Model. So the idea was that Tommy Little was going to pose as an Instagram flog basically being naked everywhere and just do that for two weeks and not tell anyone what he was doing. And he was going to be wearing homie clothes the entire time, but it was all going to be cropped in such a way that you couldn't see where he was posing. And so where we took all these photos were at places where kids would have to sleep rough or they would have to doss on a couch. And so everyone was getting super mad at him going, why are you becoming a model? Why are you becoming a flog? And the, 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 the best bit of it was when his mum said to him, I'm not surprised, Tommy, I always thought you were a bit of a knob. So we knew we had we had fooled everyone <laughs> when he said that. And then he went on the project and did a 10-minute feature, feature story on World Youth Homelessness Day and revealed that he wasn't just being an Instavlog, he had cropped all the images to cut out all those um, homeless things. And so when you pulled out wider you could see the real story, which is kind of what we do when you walk past homeless people. You ignore them, you block them from your view, which is what we do in social media. Everything's perfect, but in the real world, everything's not perfect. So we did that. And I think they said usually at that time in a month, they did $6,000 worth of online sales. And that night they did $120,000. So it was just like went ballistic. And then we did a calendar where we did another one at Christmas where he, we basically did all the photos of him naked as a calendar. And that was another, we raised another $50,000 or something. And all just because... 
I went, that sounds like fun. Let's do something good. And Tommy committed to it. And now Homie is just everywhere. Like they're such an amazing brand and they just keep doing stuff together. And they're brilliant. It's just great that you can just do these things out of nothing. Yeah, yeah. And I like because obviously they're raising money to help support homeless, but they're also actually engaging youth from the streets and really giving them a purpose. And, and what, what they do as well is like when they, they also actually help train them so they can get a, a livelihood and a, and a future career going, which is just amazing like it's just it's just brilliant and a great example of how creativity can be a force for good now so we've talked a lot about creativity but and you're as an author and you've got a podcast as well so you've got the the right brain workout and the right brain warm-up because I think you know it is for for people listening and even myself sometimes and I describe myself as a creative person like how do we actually get into creativity? How do we embrace creativity? How do we warm up to use this force for good? So I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I think it's interesting people, when you when you ask people, are they creative? A lot of people say, oh, I'm not creative. But there's that studies that's like when you're five years old, I think 98% of kids are considered highly creative. And by the time they followed these kids, there was a study. And by that time they were 10, it was like 30%. By the time they're 15, it was 12%. And by the age of adulthood it's down to two percent because you you learn to not be creative and that's why we did the book with you know russell halkoff basically what it is it's 70 pages every page is a different question written by a different creative person by people like tommy little and tom witty and all those amazing photographers designers artists musicians they've all written a question and then you get your pen or pencil out and you come up with an answer and it's just by doing it that you become more creative and you rediscover that creativeness so there's no real trick to it it's just like going to the gym if you do five minutes of workout a day, you'll get a little bit better. But if you do 10, you do 20, you do 30, you'll get better and better and better. And hopefully that creativeness that you put on the page doing the book will then sort of seep out into the rest of your life. So if you've got a business problem, you go, oh, maybe I'll approach that slightly differently to the way I've always done it because there's nothing worse than just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. And so just being creative and free can maybe just open up those neural pathways and come up with a new solution. But creativity is in everything it's not just art it's in science it's in mathematics it's in you go and look at nature you look at a spider web a, the spider's web is unbelievably creative and intricate like you look at a leaf no two leaves are the same there's creativity in everything and i think we we tend to forget that we do think it's for someone who's you know wearing a beret and a smock and painting or sitting in a room by themselves writing some great the great australian novel but it's in everything and it's not necessarily a creative output that's shown in the gallery. It's the creative way of thinking and just thinking about things differently and just approaching it from different angles. And so, you know, feedback from the book and conversation you've had around it, what are the things that, that people are taking away from that, learning, finding that they're resonating with? You know, what sort of feedback have you had around people trying to engage more in that creative right brain side? I've had some really good feedback that it just has made them just think of things slightly differently to the way they would have used to approach things. You get some of the questions are really interesting. Like one of them is describe the new dance craze Dunzing. So what's really interesting about it is that the questions are written there are also questions that you would never, ever see. It's not like a normal everyday question. It's a bizarre question. So it's got a creative question. Then you have to answer it creatively. And then you can go and psychoanalyze the person who's written the question and see in the back of the book that, oh, they're a dancer or they're a writer or they're a thing, thing like that. And so it's just all those things are just making you think about things you haven't thought of before because, you know, you, you tend to, I don't know about you, but when you finish your day of work, there's a lot of people just flick on, you know, married at first sight or, you know, some reality thing. And you, you just, your brain just falls 
turns to mush. Whereas these things are really challenging. That's why it's called a workout for a reason. It, it's not necessarily going to be easy, but it could be interesting and it could be a little bit hard, but you'll get something out of it that no one else in the universe has ever thought of. And that's really interesting That because people tend to get stuck into my job is this and I'm very siloed. I kind of want to break those silos down and say, no, why can't you bounce around here and there? It's not just going, I've got my one thing. I'm just going to do that for the rest of my life. I've got 400 things on the go and that's going to keep your mind active and keep you feeling a bit young as well, which is good, full of energy because you've got so many things you need to get done and think about. It's kind of a really fulfilling way to live life, I think. Mm. And it's interesting as you're talking, like, and you mentioned mindfulness and, and really being in that moment and mindfulness is a practice and it's a constant. Again, it's something that you've got to keep reminding yourself. So if you wanted to do, you know, like a creative practice as in similar to a mindfulness practice, is it that sort of thing? Like really just thinking things, asking questions, like what are some of the key aspects that you think in a day-to-day way, like maybe not just bizarre, obscure questions, but how can we create the, how can we approach the day-to-day task more creatively? Uh, It's just by getting lots of different creative inputs, I think. So it's not just looking at the same things you always look at. It's trying to look at different things. It's getting out of that also that social media echo chamber thing that we've all heard about where you just keep getting served the same sort of ideas and thinking. So it's kind of getting out of that and you're going to open, broaden your horizons and think of new things. And there's so much stuff in the world that's new every day and particularly on the internet you can access basically all of it so why don't you just go and have a look at some of it yeah so and it is and that word open but also there's a curiosity and a drive to go okay new seek new even maybe ask opinions from people on who have difference of opinions to you well that's what's interesting as well i could talk about ideas to anyone and that's what i've been able to use i've been able to just randomly go this person's awesome i'm just going to email you and sometimes they'll get back to me and i become friends with them and we work on something sometimes they don't get back to me but ah, doesn't matter i've still reached out and it's interesting you said that word curiosity because i'm looking at a poster now that i have in my room that i did when i was at ddb sydney about 10 years ago that says unleash your curiosity and that is the thing that you need to unleash your curiosity because it just can lead to amazing things like a new you know magic magic can just be around the corner if you look for it but if you're close to it you'll never see that thing so you may as well open your eyes and be curious and it might lead to something awesome Mm. and then what about in a workplace so you know how can a workplace which often needs to have structure and process procedure because you know we've got multiple people trying to work together how can that a workplace sort of scenario be open to creativity is there things that you've seen or experienced that really helps foster a creative work environment if it was up to me i would say end all brainstorms forever because <laughs> i don't know because often i find in a brainstorm the loudest person or the most senior person, everyone just goes on that. And I think sometimes being creative takes some time and some thinking and sometimes that's not allowed to people. It all needs to be done really quickly. But I think sometimes the most creative people are the introverted people. So I think it's finding a way to encourage those people who are a bit quieter to let their ideas out. Sometimes when it's written down can make a big difference. And it's interesting, like I've done a few right brain workshops with some with like people like PwC and Monash and stuff. And at the end of it, they're all like, I spent the two hours in that workshop smiling. And I think that's often not enough in a business. It's so serious all the time. I think we need to have space for emotion that's positive and happy. Like if you want to communicate something, often people have a work 
place self and then a home place self, but you need to be able to be yourself. So hopefully there's a way to encourage that and just, yeah, just, just freeing up everybody. And it's a hard thing because some people just don't understand what creativity is, but they don't understand that they actually are creative and they've just had that stifled. So if there's any way to, to give them my book and that might help them. Yeah. <laughs> plug, well, plug. Good, good. Oh, you've got to get it in there. Yeah, and I like that, you know, having space and open and time. Yeah, it's time is such a big one. Yeah. Yeah, not forcing, not forcing the creativity, giving it that space. And, and you know, that can be challenging if problems need to be solved quickly. I, I understand that, you know, time pressures come up in work. So that is definite, definitely a reality. Um, well, Alex, thank you so much for your time. In conclusion, though, can you share with me Alex's Be The Drop tip? So my Be The Drop tip would be just to reach out to people that have similar emotions and passions to you. So I'll give you an example that a few years ago, I don't know if you saw this thing, it was called Australia Cash, which was Aaron Tyler, this guy did it. He's just a Melbourne guy and he's gone on the internet. And he did this thing where he redesigned all the Australian currency to have like, you know, agro from cartoon connection on it and, you know, Dame Edna Everidge and, you know, St- Steve Irwin and stuff. So he redesigned it. It was brilliant. He got lots of news. So I just emailed him one day saying, hey, I love this idea. I think it's brilliant. It made me laugh. And I bought one of, one of the, the, the pieces. And so we just kept in contact. And then a few years later, I just had this idea came brand into my mind. Why isn't there a statue of the moment Nicky Wimar lifted his jumper up and pointed to the car of his skin and said, I'm black and I'm proud. So I just knew that he was a footy fan. Aaron was a footy fan. So I texted him saying, hey, mate, do you want to see if we can try and make a statue of Nicky Wimar? And he was like, texted, well, he actually came out of a meeting and said, yeah, I just got out of a meeting because I have on my phone, I want to make a statue of Nicky Winmar as well. And so the universe said, we, let's do this together. And so we started working on this thing. We, we contacted Nicky Winmar. We went and got the best sculptor in Australia to be involved. We got a, we put a crowdfunding thing together and we just put this thing out into the, into the ether because we thought it was a really powerful idea that needed to happen. And through, through it, it took two and a half years and we got eventually the AFL came on board and the good hundreds of people to, to support it. And then it was unveiled after two and a half years of work of me and Aaron just doing stuff all the time. Like it fell over so many times, but we got this amazing woman at the AFL, Tanya Hosh, who's an incredible person. We got her involved. We got Louis Lauman, the best sculptor. We got Nikki involved. And we, eventually we were able to make it and it was unveiled at Perth's Optus Stadium. And it's staying there today. And it's the most amazing thing. And I just want to tell you about the story of the day it was involved because it's the best non-family related thing I've ever been involved in. So it's this day, it was raining, raining, raining all day. It was a miserable day in Perth. And then all the speeches were being given by the dignitaries, so like the Premier of WA, the Indigenous Affairs Minister, Tanya Hoshal. They're all giving speeches. It's all raining. And it's time for Nikki to give his speech. And he stands up. It stops raining. He walks to the lectern and the, the, the clouds part and he starts to speak and the sun comes out for the <laughs> first time all day and everyone just started clapping and laughing and everyone's like, this is insane. And then he gave his speech for five minutes, which was quite funny, and then he finished and the clouds came back and it started <laughs> raining again. It was insane. And there was a couple more speeches and it's like, all right, it's time to actually unveil it, take, you know, take the plastic tarp off the statue. And as they pulled the statue tarp off, the sun came out again and it was it was just like if there could have been trumpets going, oh, it would have <laughs> happened. And that all came about just by me reaching out to someone on the internet that I thought was doing cool stuff. And so I think that's a really good thing. Don't hide your ideas. Share your ideas. Talk to people you've never talked to before and God knows what could happen. You could do something amazing and that thing's going to stand there for a thousand years and it's beautiful and that's the, most, the thing I'm most proud of in my career is just doing something like that all because... 
I knew another footy nuffy tragic like Aaron Tyler who also was doing stuff on the side just trying to make stuff that was good for the world. Yeah. Oh, what a perfect story to finish on. And I could totally see, you know, the sun parting. That was brilliant. It was amazing. And it really does talk to you, the power of connection and and so perfect for Be The Drop because you created a waterfall and what beautiful, you know, culmination that that created and that statue will stay there and mean something and provide, you know, passion and inspiration to many people. So I think that's great. It was interesting. It was it started with a text to one guy, and then when it gets to the unveiling, there's 500 people there, and then 60,000 people a week are going to go past that. And we were there on the night, seeing other Indigenous kids standing there with their dads pulling up their jumpers and pointing at their skin in front of the statue, getting them just like, "This is what it's about. This is about education. It's about making a moment that was a, a five second moment that Nikki did, and that's going to last for a thousand years now. Like, how amazing is that?" The little thing, that's a, a be the job. Him, he was like, I've had enough, so I'm going to show you. And all of a sudden it's changed all the race relations in Australian rules football across the nation, stuff like that. I'm rambling. I just get excited by this about <laughs> by, by how you can use creativity for good. And, it, and I also like to think as well, if, if a dunderhead like me can make things like this happen, anyone can do it. So just go out there and do it. <laughs> I think you sell yourself short calling yourself a dunderhead. But what a great story. And thank you so much for your time, Alex. No worries. Thanks. Have a good one. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.